0: Well, anyhow, today um, the the scripture is about the the wise men and following a star. Okay, and we'll read the text. It's in uh, Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12, and it reads as such. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. And when Herod the king heard it, he was troubled. And all Jerusalem with him, and gathering together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he began to inquire of them where the Christ was to be born. And they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea. For so it has been written by the prophets. And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah are by no means least among the leaders of Judah. For out of you shall come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called the Magi and ascertained from them the time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make careful search for the child. And when you have found him, report to me, and I too may come and worship him. And having heard the king, they went their way, and lo, the star which they had seen in the east went on before them until it came and stood over where the child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And they came to the house and saw the child with Mary his mother. And they fell down and worshipped him, and opening their treasures, they presented to him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And having been warned by God in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed their own country, for an, they departed for their own country uh, by another way. Now, often we have in uh, Christmas plays we have the Magi coming at, to the stable, and in reality the Magi come much later. Whether it's a year, two years later, we're not quite sure. But they, uh, they do come to um, Jerusalem. And, well, they first of all come to Jerusalem. Now, one of the things is, can you imagine how disappointed they were? <laughs> because they have traveled a thousand miles. They've traveled for maybe a year, year and a half, two years. They've traveled all of this way and... And surely surely an individual whose birth is announced by the stars would be very important. (laughs) And so where did they go? They went to Herod's temple. They went to the the king's house (laughs) because they were looking for a king. But Herod and the the people of, of Israel... They, they, you know, they had no idea, they had no clue, they didn't see any different things in the sky, but these people who were star watchers, magi, they were able to interpret what was going on that a significant event has taken place and a child, they believed, was born and they were following the star trying to arrive at a place where they could worship this, this person, this child. Well, they didn't know exactly what happened but so they went to Herod and they inquired of Herod, what was going on. And, it, you know, Herod is a, he, he's a wicked guy. I mean, he killed everybody that was even close to him, you know. He was, he was one of those individuals that uh, if somebody was a threat, you know, he killed them. You know, his, his own son, I think he, he, had, he had killed his own son because he was a threat to him. So they had, um, in our life, you know, uh, I think sometimes we follow stars, <laughs> <laughs> we follow people in Hollywood. There's books and, you know, tabloids. They create stars and they destroy stars, you know. <laughs> they come and they go. But the important thing is that as we look at this situation, um, we're go- I'm going to go with the idea that they come to the stable, okay? Now I know that it's not exactly what the scripture is telling us because the scripture is telling us that they came to his, his house where he was at. But to go along with perhaps what the um, with what the Christmas story as we generally play it out, we'll, we'll, we'll just kind of put them in the position, the Magi in the position of coming to the stable. So you find that um, have you ever followed a star? <laughs> Meaning something that is very important in your life. Um, Every one of us, in some time or another, found ourselves following and looking for the star, looking for the the promise that we could find at the end of the rainbow, at the end of of, of where the star is shining. But the challenge is, when your star leads you to a stable, how do we respond? (laughs) When the star leads us to a stable... How do we respond now you know i was thinking of um our i have had my i know i'm too young but i had my 50th class reunion last year okay um but it's interesting as you look back over your you know the the kids in your class (laughs) you think back of those who would you you think well this is a person who's going to be extremely successful and this is a person well, you know, you just have these kind of ideas, and sometimes they they were right. Some of the uh, people ended up just like you thought they were, but sometimes people who you had perhaps attached a star to didn't quite get there. <laughs> and hopefully, you know, well, none of them put a star by me, but I, I let them know how how <laughs> successful I was. But um, But we follow a star, we follow a hope, we follow a dream, and we end up... <laughs> In a stable. All right. So, sometimes as a pastor, uh, you have, you know, somebody asked me how many marriages that I've done. And, and Rhonda could tell you I don't. I don't, ha- I don't have any clue. I just take the, the little things that I get and I put them in the, the folder. And so I have them all there. Um, Jan and Walt, of course, uh, their, their marriage was delayed because uh, uh, I married them and put the certificate in my pocket and about three months later, the courthouse called them and asked them if they got married. (laughs) And they said, yeah, we were married three months ago. He said, well, we never had any note of that. And so they called me and it was in my pocket. (laughs) So they weren't really married, you know. But, uh, But we have these things and, you know, there are people who are, individuals in your life that you look at and say wow i'm glad they you know i i really thought they would make it and they didn't and there's other people you thought well i'm marrying them but i don't know but they do and everything works out very well so you see sometimes we end up in a stable and one person called it flops failures and fumbles (laughs) flops failures and fumbles so um I thought of um, Linus or, you know, Lucy and and, and Peanuts whenever they're in the Peanuts commercial and and the the, um, Peanuts cartoon. Um, So in Peanuts, Lucy sometimes feels like she should be the psychiatrist. And one day she puts up her little sign and says, psychiatric help, five cents. And as usual, her first customer was Charlie Brown. But this time she was so frustrated with him, she says, Charlie Brown, sometimes I feel we are not communicating. You, Charlie Brown, are a foul ball on the line drive of life. You're often in the shadow of your own goalpost. You're a miscue. You're three putts on the 18th green. You're a 7-10 split in the 10th frame. You're a dropped rod and reel in the lake of life. You're a miss free throw. You're a shanked nine iron. You're a called third strike. You're a bug on the windshield of life. Do you understand? Do I make myself clear? (laughs) Now, the... (laughs) You know, so those are all kind of uh, sports terms, <laughs> and we, there, it kind of goes along with what we were saying that uh, finding ourselves following a star and ending up in the stable. But the beautiful part of the Christmas story is the wise men that what they do when they come to a stable, what they do when they come to a stable, they look for God. And sometimes, whenever we are wise men, wise individuals, wise women, that we handle, we come into difficult situations, we don't panic from the problems, we don't see how difficult things are, we begin to look for God in the situation. So, we need to, as it were, hold steady. God is somewhere in the stable of life. We talked about this in uh, Habakkuk in the Sunday School lesson. Habakkuk was a prophet to the nation of Israel. And if you read the book of Habakkuk, you need to read it in a non-King James version. <laughs> uh, it's a lot easier to understand. But Habakkuk is a book that Habakkuk writes his conversation to God and responds and how God responds to him, and he has this conversation going on in the book of Habakkuk about Israel and how bad things are in Israel and how God is not taking care of things as he should. (laughs) But God instructs Habakkuk in our Sunday school lesson this morning, God instructs the prophet Habakkuk to stop looking at how bad the situation is and start lifting his eyes to what God is going to do in the surroundings. And you see, whenever we find ourselves in a stable, we need to look around because God is there. And when you, when you think about the wise men, here they have, they've traveled for thousands, thousands of miles. They have traveled for over a year, maybe, maybe two years, we're not quite sure. And they come bearing gifts. Now these gifts that they, they're coming, you know, the uh, frankincense, the, the gold, frankincense, and myrrh, that these gifts are, I mean, they're, they're quite a chunk of change here. And uh, they're coming to offer them to this king, this person who is, on, is born under the sign of the star. And they end up coming to a house of poverty where... The baby is, you know, in the, you know, we know, wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in the manger. The idea is Mary and Joseph are so poor, they wrap Jesus in rags that are lying around the stable. And these magi, are, what they are wearing is worth more than the house that Mary and Joseph is living in, let alone the gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But the rest of the story is that This gold, frankincense, and myrrh is used by Mary and Joseph to flee Bethlehem because Herod is going to come and try and kill the king. But that's another story. But anyhow, they come to where this this little house of poverty and Mary and Joseph, and they offer all of these gifts. (laughs) Well, we have lots of stories in the Bible that... We have to look for the good when the bad happens. Joseph, he has this dream, you know, following his star. He saw the heavens and how that they, they, they bowed down. and his, He told his brothers and his father they're all going to bow down to him. Well, you know, they didn't like that too much. And so they threw Joseph in a pit, let him die in the pit. Then they said, no, we don't want to kill him. Sell, sell him as a slave. And so he goes to Egypt and goes to Potiphar's house. And he's there and he works his way up and his wife... Potiphar's wife frames him and Joseph goes to prison and while he's in prison we know the story he works his way up he's running the prison and he he interprets the dream of uh, the butler and the baker and one of them they're interpreted correctly and one is returned to the palace and still forgets Joseph but then Joseph is finally remembered and he ends up being second in command and see When Joseph ended up in the stable of his life, the pit, the slave, he saw God. When he was framed and sent to prison in the stable of his life, he saw God. And he believed that God was there. And see, the challenge for us is to believe that God is where we find our problems, where we find ourselves in the difficulties. We have all these wonderful gifts to give. You know, we've got the gold and the frankincense and the myrrh. There's so much expectation here. We bring it and it's a poor person's house. (laughs) And it's just a baby. And he doesn't look any different than any other kid around the block. God is there. And when Joseph, the great story, the great interpretation of what happens when Joseph's brothers come to him for food... They don't recognize Joseph, but when Joseph reveals himself and they're repentant, Joseph said, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. You see, we have to be willing to see and to look for God in the situation. So the difference between, and we can take this a little further into our own life, weak Christians and strong Christians. Weak Christians... (laughs) want to know the difference between a weak Christian and a strong Christian? Well, let me tell you. (laughs) Yes, okay. You can smile. All right. So, we don't want to be the weak one. But the idea is the weak Christian sees God only in the good. When everything is going well, when everything, oh, God is here, man, God is blessing and God is this because everything is running smoothly and there are no problems and everything works well, so God is behind everything that I'm doing. (laughs) Well, we find that the strong Christian is that God is both in the good and what we would consider the bad. As with Joseph being framed by, by being hated by his brothers and sold as a slave, God was in it. Hmm. You see, God was in it when Potiphar's wife framed him up and he had, to, you, know, you know, made charges against him the ends in prison. God was behind it. How can God be behind something? Well, God sees a bigger picture. Our faith must believe that God is there. Whenever we... Uh, If we were the magi and we were the wise men, would we leave our gold, frankincense, and myrrh in the house of of poverty people and a baby that is no different than any other child? Would we be willing enough to look and interpret the star that God has brought us to this place and still be willing (laughs) to let our gifts with that child? You see we may walk into a stable period in life. A stable, not a stable everything is stable, but a barn, of our barnyard of our life. And we've been following a star and a star looks so good and we come with great expectation, then all of a sudden we say, is this it? Is this where I've come, a stable? a baby and a mother and a father in a poverty place in Bethlehem is this what it's all about well you see when wise men find the stable they offer their very best you see it isn't our natural inclination to be our best when things aren't going well you know in the stables of life, the things that we don't expect, we generally withdraw and try to find, and it's a temptation to hold back of the best that we have. But you know, one of the things that is important for us is that we don't live our life for ourselves or for others, we live our life for God. And so we give our best knowing that God is going to take what we give and He's going to bless it and he's going to multiply it and we live our life for God (laughs) we are it's important that we give our best every day we get up and look in the mirror (laughs) and we need to ask am I giving my best in the situation that I'm in Hmm. am I seeking the best counsel am I looking for an outcome that is different than what it appears to be when wise men came to the stable, they didn't withhold anything. They didn't look at one another and say, you know, we don't really have to leave these gifts here. We can take them back with us. <laughs> we don't need to leave this stuff here. But you know, that's not what they did. They gave what they had brought to the stable. In our life, what we bring, we leave. When we come with our gifts, we leave and the gifts that we have brought, and we give to them the best of our uh, abilities. So the difference between the average and the above average is the words, and then some. They give their best, and then some. When Jesus told them that when the Roman soldiers, it was a law that you, they could take any citizen and walk with them and make them carry their armor for a mile. Jesus said, if they want you to walk with them one mile, go with them two, and then some. It is in the difficult places of life that we need to, and then some. Do the extra effort. Give the little bit beyond. <laughs> you know, I think we're like the uh, people that, uh, at the Washington Monument. You know, there's this big line waiting for the elevator to go to the top and people were tired of waiting in line. And so they go to the front, and they ask the person, isn't there another way to the top that we don't have to wait in line? He says, well, you can leave now and go up the stairs if you're willing to take the stairs. (laughs) And uh, they went back and got in line (laughs) because we're not often ready to climb the stairs of the Washington Monument. So whether it's in preaching whether it's in working, whether it's in our own business, whether it's in our own family, whether it's in our own faith, the mark of the Christian is that we are willing to go the second mile. We're willing to give the second effort. We're willing to give more than what... We're willing to give what we brought to the, to the table. And let it all there. That God is going to multiply it and, and, and bless it. <laughs> when wise men find a stable they changed their direction. You see, they went to Herod thinking that this was where the king would be born. But when they got to the king, the baby, God spoke to them to go home a different way. Have you ever been to a stable where you change directions? I was thinking, okay, for myself, um, I've been I've been to many stables. <laughs> I've even shoveled out the manure from a lot of them. But uh, whenever we, whenever I was uh, at another, when I was in Catanning, we were there for a couple of years. Started the church from nothing, and we left there and followed the star, and we went to a place called. Well, we went went to a place in northeastern Pennsylvania, and in that place, that was my star. We were following. And uh, when I got there, it wasn't a star, it was a stable (laughs) for me. It didn't didn't work out. Now they had been hurt by another pastor and they had all these things and they were gonna make sure I didn't do anything wrong. Well, I couldn't do anything right. And so I changed my direction, I came here. (laughs) And this hasn't been a stable this has been a complete change of direction, because whenever I'm here, it's it's like just a couple of thoughts that came uh, about my 38, 30, 38 years here. Um, I had a, uh, the uh, the chaplain from the national headquarters came one time, and I went through the hospital and showed him all the stuff I did, and you know I was a new chaplain. I had no idea what chaplaincy was. I just did what I was doing. And, 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 and he said to me, There's not another chaplain in the United States that has what you have here. And I thought, Whoa. And, I, and he said, No one has the connections and the ability to work throughout the whole hospital with every level of the hospital that you have here at Wimber. I thought, Oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I thought about, Well, the church. Another pastor told me, there's hardly anywhere that there is a pastor like you that pastors a community along with his church. You see, it was more than just going to a stable, following a star where I was going to build a church because they brought me in to build a church, build a new building, you know establish and build and do all this stuff they they that's what i was there for and it just all was it was a barnyard and not a not a palace but you see we changed directions and everything changed but one of the things is that well i'll go on here oh i only got five minutes um i like this story henry david thoreau He decided, whenever he was at Walden's Pond, you know, we maybe read that in our literature, that Henry David Thoreau went out into the pond and he went into the water and sunk down to eye level on the water because he wanted to get a frog's perspective of the pond. (laughs) Now, we would think that that's, I would think that that's a little too much. But you know what? When we think of Christmas, the God of the universe came to our level to let us know he knows exactly what it is like to be with us, to be like us. And this other story, and then I have a musical thing that I want to play. Over two centuries ago, men were following the March of Napoleon, waiting feverishly to hear the news of the war and and the battles. And all the while, they were in their homes and babies were being born. But who could think about babies? Everyone was thinking about battles. And in that one year that Napoleon was conquering and uh, ravaging Europe, in that year, there was a baby born into the world, whose name was William Edward Gladstone. and We don't know him, but he was 60 years in England's parliament and 12 years as the prime minister. Tennyson, Alfred Lord Tennyson, was born at Summersby, same year. Oliver, Oliver Wendell Holmes was born that same year. Abraham Lincoln was born in Kentucky, And Felix Mendelssohn was born in Hamburg, Germany. Nobody thought about babies. Everybody was thinking about battles. Yet which of the battles of 1809 matter more than the babies that were born in 1809? Which battle was more important than any one of these children? And the challenge is for us when we arrive at the stable, we need to look at the baby and not the palace. You see, each of us, the adults, we were our mothers and fathers, we were the babies in that stable, but now each of our children and our grandchildren, we need to look at them as not at the battles that are going on in life and in the government and everything, but for every battle... There's a baby, a person, a child that has been born. If you want to play that. It's a song we all know, but it's so very... When you come to the stable, look for the king. When you come to the stable, look for God. Because in each of our children is God. In each of our gifts you when you were a child god you were god's gift and you still are and so when we look to our children and we look at the stable and we think wow this isn't what i thought <laughs> doesn't matter look for god because god is there amen <laughs> let's stand So if Christmas is about anything, it's about a baby. It's about a baby born in a stable who would change the world forever. (laughs) Mary, did you know? And you see, I think the same thing in our lives. We don't know what is going to happen, but we must see God in what is and where we are and we do not withhold our gifts father we thank you for this very special day you have given us and lord in which we want to want to raise our eyes above the situation we want to look beyond what we see and lord see the promise that is in our life the promise that you've given us for our life and for our children And Lord, we just pray that your blessing be upon us. And as you were there in that stable with Mary and Joseph and the baby, we know, Lord, that you are here with us. And God, you will guide us as you guided the wise men. And God, you will bring gifts to our lives that we will be able to give you praise and honor for all the blessings that have come to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Give somebody a hug.